Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. We are back. We're back. Let's go, everybody. Um, Let's see here. Pastor Aaron, obviously, you just heard his voice. He's back on the podcast. That's right. I'm back. Um, I uh, listened to the last podcast. For those of you who maybe you're thinking, do they even listen to their own podcast? Yes, I listen to our podcast. And especially the ones... I really want to listen to the ones where I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And I actually really enjoyed you and Jen last week. I really enjoyed it. And uh, Jen made a great Lions prediction for me. She she hooked you up. I noticed and, that. Uh, I was, uh, I'll be honest, that, that was the prediction that I would have made if you'd have asked, asked me, will Detroit beat the Atlanta Falcons? I would have said yes. And so I'm glad, <laughs> I felt for a second, I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, no, she's going to say no. But then she said yes. I was like, oh, Praise the Lord. Yeah, a little un, a little disadvantage to you because <laughs> she's picking for you and she doesn't know what you want. So that's a little like unfair, but it worked out for you. It worked out. They won and she she picked right. You, you're going to have to do the podcast next week without me. Yep. I'm going to be on vacation. So somebody's got to pick for me. Yep. So whoever whoever you have have him pick for me. Um, let's see here. They're playing the Green Bay Packers. Tonight, tonight. That's right. Two and one. Uh, they're they're a good team, not a great team. Um, Jordan Love looks like a rookie, at a quarterback. Now, this is an interesting game to, for me. For it for me, um, this is interesting because I keep picking them to win <laughs> over and over again. Right, which is. You haven't picked them to lose once yet. <laughs> I know. But somehow you have a better record than me. It's true. I'm two and one on my record. You're yeah, one and two. I'm one and two. I'm going to have you pick first this time. Okay. What do you think they're going to do? You think they're, gonna, they're favored to win. Yeah, they are favored to win, and I think they're going to win tonight. Okay. I think they're going to win by one score. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a close game. I think if both teams have their questionable running backs back in, um, I think it'll make both teams better. Um, if uh, if Aaron Jones plays, and uh, well, that's who it is, right? Aaron Jones. That's the and then, Packers running back. And then uh, David Montgomery, if he plays. And then really, if the Lions can get, uh, what is it, the right tackle? Left is tackle. It? Left tackle. Yep. If, they, if their left tackle's back in, I think that'll really help the Lions tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think it's going to be close. The, the reason I think it's going to be even closer and, and I'm almost hesitant to say Lions win, but I'm, I'm going to say Lions win. Is it's in Lambeau? It's it's at Green Bay, which is just historically a tough place to win at. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think the Lions got it tonight. I am going to predict. Um, this is crazy. I am going to predict the Lions win. <laughs> this is so strange. I will eventually pick a loss. I promise. But I have reasons for a Lions win. There's a couple defenders on the Packers that are looking like they're out tonight. Yeah. And they're actually they're some of their top defenders. Okay. And I just think that the Lions offense is just going to be too too uh, powerful. And I don't think the Packers can keep up. That's okay. my prediction. That's yeah. the reason I'm predicting them to win. If I think they'll lose, I'll predict a loss. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So I was reading my Bible this morning. And... It was it was Paul. I think it was 
the beginning of yeah, it was the Second Corinthians chapter one, and he's like, I canceled my trip to come see you because I know that my last letter made you mad. Yeah, and I didn't want to see <laughs> your disappointment because your disappointment would disappoint me. Yeah. I don't want to experience that. Right. And I thought that is such an odd thing for Paul to say, because it always seemed to me that Paul had no issues at all disappointing people. <laughs> right. Right. And, I mean, but he's all concerned about the church in Corinth being upset that he's actually canceling his trip to see them because it will make him upset to see them upset. Yeah. He's like acting like a pastor slash shepherd slash father figure. Like he is, he is like, has an interesting response here, in my opinion, compared to how maybe he responds to a lot of other situations and a lot of other people. Yeah, well, I think a great comparison is when there's that story in Acts, might be Acts 17, Acts 18, where he's in Ephesus. And he's like, he's going in and he he is just, he is bringing the fire. Yeah. And he's, he, I, I, think, I think it's in Ephesus, uh, maybe it's in Athens, where there's, he, there's that famous sermon of, of his on Mars Hill. Yeah. And I mean, he is he is bringing the fire. He is bringing the heat. He's calling people out. There's another story. This one I know is in Ephesus, where the he's preaching so much against all of the people that they bring all of their books about witchcraft, right? And they burn them. Yeah. And it starts a riot in the city. We call all the silversmiths who make idols are like. This guy Paul is running us out of business because he's preaching against idols, right? Like. Yeah, Paul doesn't care about ruffling feathers. It appears like when he's he's out there preaching, and it also appears that he he always seems to just like if I die, I die. Yeah, if I'm sick, I'm sick. I've learned to uh, be content with or without sickness and health, uh, shipwrecked or in a soft bed. Like, and he's just boasting about how like courageous and brave and strong he is, and he'll even tell you know. Uh, our journey through Asia, we all were suffering to the point of we thought we were going to die, but the Lord uh, brought us through and took care of us and we're alive. And if I got to do it again, I'll do it again. Right. And all of a sudden he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to come see you church because I know you're sad and your sadness will make me sad. And I'm like, <laughs> what a, what a juxtaposition of like heart, like his heart is so tender. Toward yeah. the church. Yeah. But his heart is so, like, set like a flint when it comes to preaching. Mm -hmm. And it made me, and it made us, because we were chatting about this this morning, it made us think about Paul almost has a strategy. Mm -hmm. It seems to be he's got a purposeful strategy in how he deals with people. Yeah. And I would use... This is a really uh, churchy theological term, Pastor Luke, but I would say that Paul has a apostolic strategy Yeah. when he's dealing with churches versus preaching in the street. Yeah. 
And, and it's really interesting. It's, it's a strategy um, where I really think that there, there's that passage, I believe it's in Philippians, Paul writing to the Philippian church, and he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So I really think that Paul kind of got this from the heart of God. Because you kind of see it with Jesus too. When he's preaching to the to the crowds, I mean, he's like, hey, if you put your hand to the plow and then look back, you're not fit for my service. Hey, it's hardcore. And he's like, <laughs> if foxes have dens and, and birds have, I got nowhere to lay my head. You want to follow me though? Come on. Like, yeah, like he starts tricks. the rich young ruler like, Hey, sell everything and then follow me. Right. And give it to the poor. <laughs> he's talking like, to the Pharisees and he's like, you brood of vipers, right? Like, but at the same time, he is... He's drawing like serious lines in the sand. Yeah. He's like, like this is it. Yeah. You, you're with me or you're not. Yeah. But then you're right. there, there's other moments where he's talking to his disciples and he's like, man, listen, don't, don't you get it? Yeah. Like, he's patient. <laughs> he's, he seems like ready to explain again. And he explained parables again and again. He's thinking about, you know, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, the, yeah. the, the, the widow whose dead son he raises, like all of these, these moments. Uh, I was thinking about like Levi, the, the tax collector, yeah. who, who was a, a hard sinner, like Zacchaeus, all of these. And yet he was so soft and tender to those people. And I think you kind of see that heart of Jesus, that heart of God the Father in Paul, but it's not something we talk about it with Jesus a lot. Well, you know, Jesus is not us. He's, he's very different from us because he's God and man. Right. So he saw their thoughts. Right. And saw the intentions of their heart. Right. So when the rich young ruler was like, hey, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, Jesus can see his heart. We can't. We, that's right. We can't. I'm not God. Like, I'm, not, I'm not God either. So I promise Jesus, you that. Jesus gets, I guess, what we call like the benefit of being God. Yeah. And he's allowed to be hard to people maybe because he knows this is the type of direction and correction and instruction this person needs because I can see their heart. Yeah. Whereas Levi, the tax collector, Zacchaeus and the tree. He, they have a, they, he can see their heart, and he gives them a different uh, response right. and instructions. Absolutely. So Jesus does what Jesus does, and we're all amazed, but he is God and man. Right. Paul is a man like me and you. Exactly. And he seems to operate like Jesus. Yeah. When it comes to dealing with people, really hard with this group. Really soft with that group. Mm-hmm. And I think me and you see a pattern. And I think it's a pattern that leaders and need to follow. Yeah. And, and the pattern that I think we see is this. When he's dealing with his church. Right. Mm-hmm. His sheep. He's compassionate and tender and kind and doesn't want to correct them and hurt them. Mm-hmm. When he's dealing with the goats, yeah, he is hard, brave, brash, uh, courageous, willing to die. Yeah, <laughs> calling them out, uh, mocking them, uh, yeah. you know, creating a riot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, he's just going out. He's going crazy, and that's kind of the Paul that I feel like 
gets the most of the attention. Hundred percent agree. Gets preached about a lot. Hundred percent agree. But then you read First Corinthians chapter one, and you see a different side of Paul. He yeah. doesn't want to go to Corinth because he can't. He doesn't want to have his heart hurt. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe it's because he's dealing with his sheep. Right. And he's leading them differently, and he's teaching them differently, and he's training them differently. And I feel like that's what Jesus did, is that when he saw it was a goat, he was hard. Yeah. And when he saw it was a sheep, he was tender. Yeah. Uh, there's something there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think about some of other Paul's letters. I think about like his letter to the Philippian church. It was very much a, a, a loving letter. You know, uh, the people call Philippians like the joyous book because Paul was so uh, comforting. Yeah. And full of, like, that, that book is just like that. And it's a, it's a prison epistle, right? I believe so. And, and he is comforting them. But at the same time, when he's wherever he's at, I forget, is it Rome? Yeah, he's in Rome. <laughs> Where he's in Rome, and it's like opposite in Rome. Like, yeah. he's in prison because of his preaching. <laughs> he's in prison because he's... And even Acts uh, Acts 28, the end of Acts 28, tells us that he's in prison under house arrest in Rome, but he's still preaching the gospel to anybody who hears. Yeah. There's, uh, the church history tells us that they had to change out the guard constantly that was guarding Paul because he kept converting them. That's awesome. And because he was just anybody who came in, he was preaching to him. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> you see, it's just like this, like there's two sides to the coin. You know, yes. in Rome, he's he's tails. Yeah. And in his letter to the Philippian church, he's heads. Right. And, and, and he's dealing with the two the two cities completely differently. He's rioting in one city and he's he's bringing a gentle calmness and love and mm-hmm. and, and and nourishment to the philippian city it's strange it's strange it's strange and i think it's something that <clears throat> man sometimes we we feel like i feel like anyway that that i lack in leadership sometimes the ability to uh to be able to to kind of go back and forth in a in a good way does that make sense Not totally. to, to to know when to be heads and to know when to be tails uh because I think we we tend to want to go with our personality. We want to tend to almost like default. Well, this is I, I, I tend to be more gracious to people. Sure. So I I should just be more gracious all the time. Yeah. But sometimes you have to give somebody the hard truth. I wonder what Paul's real <laughs> personality was. I wonder which side was his normal natural personality. Because even in I think it's chapter two, Second Corinthians. Uh, he instructs the church. He's like, I forget the guy's name, but he's like, hey, there's a guy, you guys corrected him, and you need to stop isolating him. You need to pull him in right now, and you need to bring him back into the family. Yeah. Like, he's he's <laughs> even telling them, like, you need to stop being, Yeah, like, dis- you need to stop disciplining this guy and pull him in, or else yeah. he might leave the faith entirely. Right. Like, so... He- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he obviously has this like comforting side to him, and he can tell when people need comfort. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like he <laughs> wants to comfort other people. Yeah. So like, strange. It is. It's strange, and I think that it's something that <clears throat> we we could talk for a long time on. And I just feel like, you know, we we could sit here and we could talk. This is what Paul did. This is what Paul did. But on a practical level for you and I, Pastor Luke, for anybody out there listening, if, if you're in any kind of leadership, if you're, I mean, really, if, if you're a Christian, 
the basic thing that we can learn right now from this discussion is that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Yep. That's what the Bible says about Jesus. And then Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so Paul worked really hard at being full of grace and truth. I think that, I think you just hit the nail on the head right there. The grace and the truth. Yeah. You got to know when you need grace, but also, and then know when you need truth. Yeah. There's a quote. Grace without truth is... What is it? What's the quote? I mean, I'm like, I can't, I don't have it memorized. So help me out here. With <laughs> I don't have it memorized either. I know what you're talking about, though. Grace without truth is, it's just, it, it's like, um, un, it's not the, not unfair, but it's something. And then truth without grace is is mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Grace without truth is like, it doesn't do enough, but truth without grace is just cruel. Um, I, and, and Pastor Aaron is looking on his phone right now because we want to get this quote right. Yeah, here it is. Is that truth without grace is just mean, but grace without truth is meaningless. That's gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. Um, and, and I felt like you've got to have both. Yeah, you got to have both. Absolutely. Jesus was perfect at it. Yeah, he was. Paul was trying to imitate it. Yep. And I feel like, honestly, Pastor Aaron, it's, I don't think about it much. Yeah, like, I, I don't think about it too much either. I, I don't know. That's approach, why when you brought it up, I was like, that's awesome. We, should, we need to talk about that. I don't, I don't think I approach enough people or situations with the thought of, do I need more grace or truth right now? Yeah, that's so good. And I, and I think I should. There, this is interesting. I'll just share this um, story with you. But... Someone's kind of upset with me right now. Okay. And they uh, left message for me, and they they want me to call them back. Okay. Because they they want to talk with me, but they're they're upset with something I did. Okay. I didn't do anything wrong, but they're upset with something I did, and I have a feeling that the conversation is not. Hey, let's resolve this and reconcile this. I I have a feeling the conversation is. Call me back so I can yell at you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hesitating to call this person back because I don't I don't really want to be be yelled at for 10 to 15 minutes. Right. And I have been trying to muster up the patience for this phone call. Yeah. Because I think this phone call is going to take a lot of grace. Yeah. I'm going to take a tongue lashing and I can't respond. Yeah. That's essentially, that's, that's, there's a little bit of this side of pastoring and leading that people don't see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay? And I've been hesitating to call this person back for one reason. I don't know if I have the patience for a tongue lashing from somebody who, yeah. who is not over me. Right. Right? Yeah. I, I'll take a tongue lashing from my leadership. Yeah. If I deserve it. Yeah. But I don't deserve a tongue lashing from this person. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm going to get one. And I have to have enough grace to receive it, let it let it go. Yep. It's not who I am. That's not my identity. All those names, they just called me. Yep. Shake it off. Say, hey, I'm sorry you feel that way. Bye. Yeah. I can't respond in anger. 
Yep. And I'm trying to work up the grace to call this person back, and I have not had it lately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Ever ever had those situations? Yeah, absolutely. And it, you, you mentioned this, but it, that's that's a side of leadership. That's a side of being in the church that in church leadership people don't see a lot. Yeah. Cool, because it's not it's not something that I'm like, hey, I have to do this all the time. You're gonna, it's not like you're going to broadcast that. No. And it, it doesn't need to be broadcast. It's, Nobody it's, knows what I'm even talking about. Right. Like, like, and, and that's intentional. I'm not going to sit here and tell you every phone call I've ever had with people. Yeah. It, I, that, that would be a terrible leader of me to do that. But yes, absolutely. There's times when I'm like, Lord, I really need grace <laughs> and patience to make this phone call. I know. And and usually it's to to make this phone call to, to be quiet and listen. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But there is a smart leader knows what to do in each situation. When to have grace, when to have truth. Yeah. Paul did it. Jesus did it. Obviously, other uh, disciples and, and people in the Bible did it. And there's leaders today who do it really well. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, though. But no. this has been a good discussion. This was a good discussion. I like it's this. It's been great to be with you today, audience. Great to be with you guys. Man. Well, uh, what a, what a, this was a good one. That is a good podcast. Not as long as our normal ones because uh, our work day is coming. Well, we got busy with our stuff today. We don't have much time today. So we're going to let you guys go. That's but right. We'll be back next week. Pastor Aaron will be on the podcast next week. That's right. Uh, I don't know who his guest will be, but you'll see. You'll see. All right, everybody. Catch you on the next one. See you guys. Bye. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.